This is the Star Trek. The, this is the seventeen to one shit. Nope. This is the Babes in the Bold season two supplemental. I'm Ben Belding. I've seen Star Trek like a million times. Uh, and I'm Derek, and this is my first time going through all the Star Treks. This conversation is being had as we play Solaris, so <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we're um, this is kind of like the supplemental pre gaming session. <laughs> I mean, we're we're just gonna roll into it. I didn't have any talking points for the season two supplemental like I usually do. Uh huh. So um, I'm just gonna go with it because. Uh, you started off by yeah, it, it was my fault. That's that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our format is basically two two folks talking. Yeah, about stuff. that is true. Also, which is uh, the rumor, which I haven't looked into, that Tarantino might direct a Star Trek movie if he does. It's rated R, and if he does, Patrick Stewart might come back. And I'm oh, a big, yeah. I'm a huge Tarantino fan, um, and I also kind of took the stance that. Um, a rated R movie means you can kind of tell stories with uh, you know, kind of more realistic motivations. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of fill in your part, I guess. My thing is that I believe that if you have more options to choose from, which rated R movies let you do, you can tell a better story. Um, right. And then... You know, so I was curious about that because every now and again, you know, Van Velling talks about uh, Deep Space Nine, which I'm excited to watch because the way he talks about it, he's, he gushes a bit. <laughs> and so I want I, I want to gush as well. I specifically try not to talk about Deep Space Nine. Yeah, you don't do it often. I, I, I only have very small little morsels or even when our mutual friend talks about it, um, Van Velding is, is quick to say, uh-uh, no, he hasn't gotten there yet. So... Um, just know that Ben Velding is, is take, doing his part uh, to make sure that, that I am untainted um, as so far as I'm, timelines I'm go. I'm very fond of the series. I think it's good understanding, of course, that it's television from its time. I just don't think it's very good Star Trek. Right, and that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting like, like, um, uh, separation, to, a distinction. That's an interesting distinction to make, I think. Yeah, and it's not even for the PG elements or the violence or the war story. It's very much the cynicism of Deep Space Nine. Okay, that I'm not fond of. And so you know uh, the, I don't, the, I don't get... the the yeah yeah, and that's fine. And so what what led Van Velding say, you know what we're going doing it live <laughs> and to do this kind of pre gaming supplemental is my question is it are, is a franchise or like say Star Trek for example allowed to evolve? Like can art start out as one thing and grow into something else, which art kind of does already. You know, like you start out with like your pilot season and then it grows into, it finds its footing and its stride and its voice. But then can it still grow after that? Almost kind of like a second, a second eruption, if you will. Yeah. I, I was reading about Planet of the Apes today and not even for Star Trek research, just because that's who I am. You should be sad to hear that. I think the original novel was like the guy, a French guy looks at apes and he's like, wow, these guys are really human. What if apes were in things and humans didn't? There's the letting human intelligence atrophy, which I think is always kind of popular amongst smart people who feel like they're surrounded by people. But, um, you know, that, that was the topic of the original Planet of the Apes. Okay. And then the movie is very much about civil rights and religion versus separation of state and all this kind of stuff yep um so you know planet of the apes i'm sure was a fine book enough to get a movie 
made. And then the movies themselves, I'm, I'm a fan of. I think they're good movies. Uh-huh. Uh, good messages. Not always well executed. Um, I can tell you that there's basically an exponential fall off in funding for each, each sequel after the first. <laughs> um, that sounds accurate. Yeah, I mean, you can, if, you've, if you've seen the, the Apes movies, you know that. So, and then you got to see Tim Burton do one, which was god-awful. Oh, man, Tim Burton just art. said, I feel, I am, I, as much of a fan as I am of um, Tarantino, I'm the exact opposite way of Tim Burton. Like, they, that's like my spectrum, basically. Like, the high, like, close to, like, peak excellence is Tarantino, and close to just severe loathing is Tim Burton. Are we not going to take any knocks at Yui Bowl in here? I mean, I know. <laughs> I mean, he's right there with Tim Burton. It's, he's just the uh, like where Tim Burton is kind of like the the art student with something to prove. Yui Bowl is like the film student that has a hard on for Michael Bay. <laughs> I um, yeah, I guess Michael Bay would be more contemporary director reference, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think. There are reasons that something is where it is, right? Okay. Something that makes it good versus something maybe that makes it popular. And I, we talk about what Star Trek is a lot. Right. And I think the answer to that is as diverse as every facet of Star Trek. That makes sense. So yeah. I like Star Trek to be contemplative, accessible. Um, I like it to say something relevant. Uh-huh. Maybe have some real science in there, yeah. and to be idealistic, and that's, that's a lot of things to ask of the show. That it's campy, um, and I respect that. And sometimes they're funny, and the rest of the time, I'm like, God, I'm just so happy you like a thing. <laughs> I am a judgmental person, and I'd say like deep down inside, but no, it's it's not that deep. I'm just a judgmental person. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I the thing agree. the thing I'm kind of curious about is, you know, your, you know, everyone has kind of their own version of Star Trek, and that kind of makes sense. That drives with me, um, you know. You know, earlier you kind of talked about kind of words mean things, and that kind of reminded me of, um, you know, Plato's kind of theory of the forms, where there was this highest realm where a chair has ultimate chairness that all other chairs kind of derive their chairness from. Um, and right. so by extension, um, Star Trek, there would be an ultimate Star Trek form and then all other Star Trek incarnations um, pull from this Star Trekness. And so I'm wondering, and, and the, the question that I was trying to get to is that form, that ultimate form of Star Trek that all other Star Treks pull from, does that have to be static? Is that something that it cannot change because then it no longer becomes Star Trekness, or is it like the stasis of form that can never be anything else other than like some block of time that you consider like Star Trek to be? Um, one, I apologize. I just finished the war, liberated some planets before <laughs> I could declare war on them and take take them as my own. Yeah, they were inducted into this giant federation. Of oh, geez. <laughs> Lord, yeah. and, uh, I'm just so angry. Yeah. So, did you say that was Plato? Is that Platonic uh, forms? Yes, yes, the Platonic forms. I always try to look that up. I can never find that. I'm like, are, are those Platonic forms? And then I just can't. I can't find like the thing that backs me up. So I'm glad it's not just me 
with like some half rumored thing from college. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, yeah, it's a real thing. Okay. Uh, to, to the salient point is that uh, I think that does happen in a de facto way. That something which is fundamentally about something becomes about something else. Uh huh. Um, I grew up with the Republican Party that was about um, being the responsible adult in the room and why spending and yeah, no, you know, which sounds yeah, like almost uh, it, it sounds yeah. so weird now. Like now, what the, what the GOP has become, uh, and like kind of because I was raised on a similar thing. I, I knew there were some Republicans that were like kind of far right. But your majority of Republicans were just that, the adult in the room. Hey, let's let's be wise about doing things. Let's not put the gas on too much, you know, and but there were still compromises made. But now, like, oh, man, that's that's out the window. Right. So to put it in a nutshell, currently, uh, there's a guy who's uh, accused pedophile by several people um, running to be senator of Alabama and the Republican Party's giving him like 1.1 million dollars yeah. and election. also the president's like good on you dude we need your vote yeah it's Trump is still president for those of you listening to <laughs> yeah. us in the we don't we don't so, know if there's any audio in the in the post-apocalyptic future where we assume you're listening to this from so um so anyway I, I think that the essential nature of things does change as time goes on yeah uh should it change? I mean, that's completely arbitrary. Yeah. Like that, that's a weird thing. I I think Star Trek is something, I think it's something important. Um, it may be necessary for it to change. Like uh, like Batman changes. I refer to Batman as, as like a meme, basically. Yeah. He is something, a mimetic uh, chameleon, where he is always a reflection of the times. And that's yeah. why Batman has uh, persevered in so many forms. And maybe that's, the way for Star Trek to persevere to just become different things. Yeah. Um, I, there, there's no core of Batman which survives all of those things. Fight me, nerds. Um, <laughs> I think that I think things just do change, and then elements of them persevere and come back. And, maybe, and so it's the maybe, elements that like that that survive these changes is what would be kind of the core of Star Trek. No, I, I think that um, there is no core that survives. Okay. Evolution, right? There's no yeah. essential sponge which is alive inside of me. Um, there is an environment. A part of it lives in that environment and continues to, to get environment to obtain energy through money, like any sort of intellectual property, anything held for profit does. Yeah. And perhaps in time, the parts of it that I like will surface again um, because it is these things now. And so it continues to exist for long enough for the parts I like to come back up to the surface. And they'll, they'll leave again, too. They'll leave again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, other, other, uh, other franchises will come and go as well. And that's one reason I'm not really angry about it. I try not to be angry about it. <laughs> you know, I'm watching the Orville, which is a deeply flawed show. Yeah. But um, it's still a good show. It's trying. It's doing science fiction. It's positive. It's bright. People like each other. I get some laughs out of it. Um, you know, other things happen. So the goal is that everything you love, when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, when you're in your 20s, when you're in your 30s, that stuff's going to come and go if you live long enough. Yeah, and you can either be 
super angry and watch it all leave and eventually have nothing left. Or you can just watch it all leave and be open to new experiences and try to find new things to be excited about. Right. Um, so the essential, what is essentially Star Trek, which is just an intellectual property owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures, uh, will change. It will inevitably change. And it might be a rated R movie with Quentin Tarantino and hopefully Patrick Stewart as a cameo and not a main character. Yeah, I don't um, know what his caveat was, but he did have a caveat about for him coming hmm. back. He wanted a thing to happen. I don't know what that was. I don't know. We don't need any more Captain Picard movies. We can just say, hey, Captain Picard, he's the Federation president now. Or yeah, yeah, now. exactly. Like, oh, look, cool. This guy references Picard, and Picard's like, good job. And then that's it. <laughs> Yeah, like, like he's still doing good. Yeah. Um, like, oh, look, Picard's still doing good. Ah, no, yeah, Luke, yeah. It's good to see you again. Yeah, yeah, good. You, good see you later, Pops. <laughs> we, got, we got other things to do. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that's all we need. That's all I really want. You know, and then, then, then Tarantino tells the story. I don't know. Maybe there is a scene where Picard goes, look at uh is there a giant sign above Earth that says dead Picard storage? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, and, you know, see, to me, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, because I, I, I don't always, I think we look at, at movies differently, you know, or, or just entertainment differently because, I almost exclusively focus on the story that's being told irrespective of the property. So like, for example, um, I will not like a thing just because it's Star Wars. Um, I, will not, I will not attribute certain things just because they're part of some intellectual property. To me, it's all about the story that you tell. I don't care like how you've shifted. I don't care what's happened. But if you have an interesting story to tell with an interesting message, I'm in. That's how you get me. Um, mm -hmm. and so and to me that's a very like individualistic like honed in like digging to the bottom kind of perspective um, and I feel like you have a holistic perspective this perspective of just what is the context in which I'm viewing this movie you know is is it the fifth one in the series is it the second one in the series what um, you know you know what what should I know when I'm when I'm kind of walking in and that's kind of how you're that's how you partition your judgment lens if you will um, and, uh, you know, so for me, I'm excited that there's going to be, you know, I, I like the stories that Tarantino tells, but I can definitely appreciate, um, you know, a, it may, it, even if it's good science fiction, it may not be good Star Trek. Um, and I, and I would like it. I, I think conversations on the internet about things people are fans of would be more pleasant even even marginally so, if people could recognize that um, sometimes, you know, you something can be good without being something else. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. If that makes sense. No, I get you. I get you. Um, right. Pe people think something is good, and therefore it is all the good things. Yes, yes. There's no, you can never criticize a good thing because it's good and that's it. Which is one reason I do not interact with the Orville fandom. Uh, because the Orville, like, I love it, but it is a flawed show. 
Yeah. Uh, it has many fundamental writing flaws. Um, it's got some acting issues. Uh, the effects are pretty good. Um, like, it needs to get better. Like, if the Orville season one is to TNG season one, what, uh, you know, TNG season two is the season. But I'm just saying, if it has the same improvement curve yeah. as TNG from season one to season two, the Orville season two is going to be amazing. Okay. Because it's good, and you can note, like, we, we give season two some shit, but it is a marked improvement over season one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, it's, uh, you start recognizing some of the patterns uh, that they're kind of trying to establish. Uh, I'm still weirded out by Chief O'Brien. Like, he just, like, I, I get it. Like, he's kind of like <laughs> this Irish dude um, that just kind of, sh- <laughs> but it's like he just showed up, right? Like, he's just like, Okay, we're bebopping along. Here, here we go. Everything's kind of cool. And then, like, he was there. Wasn't he in like a, a episode or two of se- of the first season in TNG? Very first episode. Yeah, like he was there, like, and he was just background, like he was window dressing. And then all of a sudden, he just starts talking, and you're like, "Wait a minute, dude! Like, you're you're not supposed to have this many lines." <laughs> Um, yeah. But then he does, and he keeps having those lines, and you're like, "Oh wow!" So you like part of the part of the right. It's like when Scrubs had like their A cast, and then they had like these B players that come in, and then the B players end up becoming like the A cast, and the A cast becomes like they they come in and out, and the, then the, those B players have their own like subordinates. You know what I mean? Like it kind of shifts that way. It's, it, that was the best part of Scrubs for me, honestly. Yeah, well, but no, then, it grew. It grew as, and, and that's good. It, it, it had the boldness to change. Yeah, because, I mean, you have characters, and how many stories can you put those characters through? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah before you're like Fonzie jumping the shark, right? Yeah, I mean, after seven years of The Next Generation, it gets to the point where a lot of the characters, you just feel like they've been through so much. How do you process that all as right. part of the character? So I think if you if you have something like Scrubs where you rotate characters in, it keeps the show fresh, yeah. and it makes makes the show focus on its. Core. It's just weird for me because like I'd never seen that ever. You know what I mean? Like, watch all of the original series that never happens, <laughs> and then watch the first season that never happens, and then the second season like one of these bit characters starts like getting more lines. You're like, whoa, really? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're doing this? Okay, okay, no, that's fine. I just didn't know. I didn't know. You hadn't done this before. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, and uh, it's good. It's super good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would like them to, like, you know, I, I wish, you know, I have, you know, have problems with Deanna Troy and the lines that she is not given and the problems she is not allowed to solve and... You know, anytime, she, anytime Riker like throws the Imzadi word, I feel like he never is justified for doing that. Um, that's that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. But you know, at the same time, um, it, it's really weird to give lines to some bit dude when even like part of what's supposed to be your a a cast um, mm-hmm. isn't isn't a hundred percent fleshed out. Um, exactly. And because like that's it's like the there, there are these holes and you're like wait a minute how can you have how can you start characterizing other people in this like junior varsity team 
when your varsity team isn't even flushed out. Um, and I don't know what the reasoning was behind that other than maybe just sexism, like plain and simple. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, we've gone over it before, but Marina Sardis talks about having lines cut like the day of shooting uh, and just not getting to do a lot. And there comes a turning point for Dean. It's, it's later than we would like it to be, but there comes a turning point for her. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. You're going to know it and you're going to celebrate. Okay. So, that's good. Uh, a good, good Troy episode is, is, I don't talk about. So yeah, no, it is. It is. It's it's just like the equivalent would be a good Spock episode, and there's like no space off magic, like at all. Like he never Vulcan neck pinches a dude. He never mind melts a guy. He never uses like um, his just penetrating intellect. He just like washes his laundry for an hour. (laughs) I mean, journey journey to Babel was kind of that. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. And, And so it's like. Like you, I see the potential so much in the Troy character, but they just they just throw it on the floor. Like all that potential, all of that, all of the things that they could use, they just drop it on the floor and never look twice at it. And it's like, what the hell, man? Like it's right there. Pick it up. All right, look, we're we're gonna have like the next five seasons to go over this. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, Hank O'Brien, but it's weird that he's there. Like we get that. Yeah, no, I mean, I like him, and I like kind of how, like, he takes the piss out of Wesley, you know, and he's kind of like that that uncle that kind of fucked with you. He's like, hey, pull my finger, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's good. We're, we're going to learn that he's a veteran, so I mean, okay. he is a crusty ass chief. Yeah. Nice. Oh, um, yeah, these guys are super mad. Oh, cool. Um, I got some alien vessels. Nice. Oh, um, alien vessels. That's good. I got unknown power surges from somewhere within the galaxy. Yeah, that's right? no, that's me. Um, jump drives, jump drives have have paid off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? what? Yes. Hello, unbidden. Dark days do lie ahead. <laughs> is is it in the Bohol system? It is. <laughs> yes. Destroy us all, please. Move east. <laughs> Move east towards these other awakened jackasses. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, we have a huge empire called the Foundation. Uh-huh. And, yes, it's named after them. And they were so bad, but eventually a, a stagnant ascendancy woke up, took over the Foundation and Derek. Yes, and I did not intend that to happen, but they totally forced me into it. I am an unwilling participant. So, in the interest of Spite? We developed <laughs> it wasn't so much spite. It's just the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and I have no, I have nothing that I can throw at this awakened empire that'll even put a dent in things. And so I'm just racing to the bottom, just as fast as I can. In the interest of our recently started Planet Mercenary campaign, the enemy of your enemy is your enemy's enemy. No more and no less. All right, that's fair. Uh, and we are we are in the poo. So you're not in the poo. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna get the after poo. I mean, you will get. Well, it depends. You know, we're hoping that the awakened empire gets shit on first, and then we'll turn it around after that. Everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sure, sapient AI combat. Sapient combat AI. That's the thing can go wrong now. Everything's fine. <laughs> All right, so the deal is is that um, 
Yes, I think you could get the rated R Star Trek. I don't think it's particularly good. I don't know what is happening. Um, I'm at war with someone now. Yeah. <laughs> you dicks. You just went to war despite the fact that... Yeah, the galaxy's at danger. The galaxy's in danger. The unbidden are going to destroy us all, and you're just declaring war on us, you jerks. <laughs> Should we get the the Pazajok Enlightened Kingdom? We're the Pazajok. Oh. Oh that's um oh that's is that my guys? Yeah, that's uh that's my vassals. They're about to get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, it looks like they exist entirely as a frontier outpost. Oh no, because they're that little planet. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was like studying them and then um shit went down. And they're just kind of getting the fallout. Uh, you know, I'm not really a good father. <laughs> I, did not, I, did not, I was not good stewards to the pause jock. <laughs> so, um... Where are we going then? Yeah. So, season two much improved over season one. And season three is going to also improve. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, another thing I, I, I'm, I, I was excited to see was some, um, uh, some more like, you know, buddy cop, uh, Jordy and data. And I will say this as long as it continues to happen, I would totally watch that spinoff. <laughs> like you just have Jordy and data, like solving problems, buddy cop style. Oh man, I am in a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, it's good. I, it's one of the good things about the series, and that, that keeps up. It's never completely, like, it's, it's always pretty data heavy. But, I mean, know, do they ever, that, do they ever, like, address, like, uh, oh, look, they're embedded. There they are, a little dot. Um, do uh, they ever address, like, um, what, like like data like does he just does he get it together like is he <laughs> you know is he like hey look you know I'm I'm really a robot and that's cool or he's like no I'm a synthetic human I'm just as good as all the other humans and so you know no problems and watch the show all right that's, that's my answer <laughs> yeah all right to bring these guys uh, set for season two but what do you want to see for season three. Um, I'd like to see more lines for Dan Troy. I mean, that's kind of a given. Uh, it sounds like as long as things are the way they are now, uh, I'll probably say that a lot. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see, um, you know, more characterization of Worf. I'm, I'm starting to like Worf. The little, little bits I've gotten are kind of good. Like he's such a weeb and it's kind of adorable. <laughs> uh, like, cause like even like, there's I can't remember what episode it was, but there's even like one episode where like Klingons do something that I don't imagine Worf ever doing, and it's kind of like that whole actual Japanese versus like weeb Japanese <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Like like you know a normal Klingon would be like ah no we're gonna retreat and Worf like Klingons never retreat. <laughs> I'm like oh Worf yeah. you're so adorable. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, you know, I would like to see, um, I, I like, you know, so first season, I gave a lot of flack to Wesley. Um, I'm glad that 
they've kind of toned down his like uberkind like i know everything because i'm a genius thing um uh i kind of hope while that can that trend continues to happen they still do characterization with him i still want to see him grow just not like oh i know everything because i'm the smartest person alive um you know and i i um i'm, I'm still kind of wondering if we're gonna see i i know i know from memes on the internet that beverly crusher eventually comes back i just don't know when um it, it's this season it's season three so oh, okay because I, I was hoping that that would happen because i mean you're not seeing a lot of wesley but every time you do see wesley you're like hey um where's your mom <laughs> like like are you just chilling in your quarters by yourself like it's kind of weird he left diana moldar was not happy having to act against special effects all the time and all yeah. that kind of stuff um you know she's a bit older than the rest of the cast but the team she cast was famously rambunctious okay interesting i don't i don't know if it's i don't know if it's happened already but i think i think it already has but there's an episode that I think Patrick Stewart was directing. They all start directing it for a while. Yeah. Um, and everyone's acting up and cutting up. And he's like, damn it to everyone. We are here to work and not to play. And like, that was like, my impression is that everything got real quiet after that. and was yeah. super awkward. And he like, okay, all right, I went too far. I, I <laughs> all right, I'm sorry for yelling at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, he kind of chilled out. And then everybody was like, cutting up and stuff like yeah. on the set and there were pranks and, and you know good fun and the cast got along really well and they gelled really well yeah um and that became kind of a classic tng thing so those guys are all really close those guys all still freaking chill with each other yeah um and point was for that but <laughs> Brian Moldar, from what I can tell, didn't really gel with that. And so they brought back uh, Gates McFadden after she did, um, what's that? Clear, not Clear and Present Danger. Jack Ryan movie with Alec Baldwin. Oh. Country, I yes. She was in a scene from that that was cut. Oh, damn. Anyway. <laughs> Cold blooded. Well, uh, what is that? Um, actually, you are. Denise. Crosby, she was in, you know, Pet Cemetery and like nothing else. So it happens. Yes, but, my children. You, know, you, you, grow. Grow. you take your chances. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But the, the guy that Gates McFadden was fighting with, the exact guy, he left. He left the show. Oh, I don't okay. know if he was asked to leave. Like that's kind of the feeling I get. Patrick Stewart's like, hey, McFadden back. And they're like, oh, Patrick wants her. This guy's gone. So she came back. Nice. So uh, so she's going to be back for the rest of the show. She, I don't think she ever becomes a better mom. <laughs> well, poor Wesley. <laughs> the universe will have to raise him. <laughs> he's just raised by what I can tell uh, holodeck wolves. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh. Um, all right, Holodeck, load of soothing program number five. And it's just like, um, you know, Wesley's mom, like telling him like super supportive things. <laughs> 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 and it's wow, that's like the saddest thing I could ever see. 
Yeah, to program his mom to be loving. It just he goes into the holodeck and he takes off his little his little tunic. And he yeah. Just, it's like he's like uh, holodeck. Do do family life program number three, and it's like the woods. And he just throws his little jacket on the tree. He's like, mom. What's for dinner? And a wolf comes out. He's like, rabbit again. <laughs> like, and it's totally like Wesley's version of just like a puppet, puppet perfect family because he never had one. <laughs> He's like, Dad, there's this girl I like. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, she's really pretty. <laughs> Sir Wolf that gives him boobies. Yeah, just like ruffles his hair or something. Uh, so, um, from this point forward, Wesley's Wesley. He's fine. Um, about Wesley comes from like three episodes in season one. So, it's all in the past. Okay. So I don't know if you know this or not, or not but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Q and Loxana uh, Troy show up about once a season from this point out. Okay. Like, like is it a contract? Or <laughs> or I think it... they just like them. People okay. like Loxana Troy. People like I, I mean, I'm not... I have a problem with Loxana Troy... Getting more characterization than her daughter. <laughs> oh damn, son! <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell, dude? Like, you're gonna let another chick steal the spotlight? Like, what's wrong with Deanna Sirtis? Like, she's totally there. She can deliver her lines. Like, get cut her a break. Damn. She more than just delivers her lines. But when Marina Sirtis gets a chance to to do it, she's good at it. I I have seen her walk stacked circles around other members of the cast. Yeah. Um, I don't want to name name Kate McFadden, but um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll maintain that. Spiner's great. Uh, Patrick Stewart's great. You know, we we kind of grade Will Wheaton on a curve, but I think he's legitimately good. I mean, yeah, I I I now like I've always said like even when Wesley was at the height of his annoyingness, you know that it this is the direction he was given. This is not his fault. Like it, it's. You know, he, he can only work with the lines that he's given, and the lines he's given are shit because Gene Roddenberry just wants to jerk yeah. off himself. And Leonard Malzlich and the, the production and writing crew all together. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Marina Sirtis and LeVar Burton underutilized. Uh, Michael Dorn kind of comes... I don't really judge Michael Dorn in terms of acting because work doesn't have a lot of dimension. Yeah. As a character, that's unfortunate. Gold, uh, and it just leaves Gates McFadden, who I always find a little disappointing in the acting department. Yeah, um, um, I'm I'm gonna be excited because I know when Beverly Crusher comes back, that means we're done with a uh, uh, female McCoy doucheface. Pulaski. Pulaski, that's it. That's her name. I knew you'd remember. She she came through in the end. I, she kind she kind of had a relationship with data i mean yeah kind of it, it did come like i can see what they were doing i feel like it could have been executed just a little bit better but the um i get what happened and uh, i appreciate i guess that effort and 
as a person who loved to give flack for McCoy, you know, we just watched um, season five. I don't know. Am I breaking any kind of rules as far as like mentioning like, our process? Technically, we should be pretending that we recorded that after Up the Long Ladder. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know. So I mean, yeah, we recorded uh, the fifth uh, Star Trek movie, um, and. Uh, it was really good to see McCoy again, and it was really good to kind of bring home, uh, you know, that that old, you know, McCoy's a spy kind of bit. Because it just, even in the movies, it works. Uh, and um, so, I mean, I mean, I get it. I can get the appeal of McCoy. Uh, I just felt as if, um, you know... You have to me to to do if you want to flip Pulaski, you have to kind of go reverse. You have to give her some characterization as just a regular person before you break out the whole well, AIs aren't real people. Um, yeah. But they just broke out like the AIs aren't real people just at the gate, and you're like, dude, what the hell, man? Yeah. Everyone loves Data. Why are you being such a dick? <laughs> yeah, they they definitely backfoot her in episode one, where she's supposed to be on the bridge, but she's not. And then she doesn't respect data. Yeah. And then, like, they try to rehabilitate her after that. And that's probably not the great way to do it. Just say, hey, look, this is a person with their own perspective. Right. So, um, like, maybe her son was killed in a holodeck incident because those are also going to happen about once a season. Oh, damn. Like, holiday incident when Sower dies or just a holodeck incident in general? Yeah. Eh, messy minutes. All right. Total up deaths from the holodeck, but um, the holodeck does malfunction and it does happen regularly. So what the hell? Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. You know, to, to get it back to the point, Quentin Tarantino rated our movie probably a good movie. Again, I've never seen the tone of Quentin Tarantino really match anything in Star Trek. Yeah, and that's kind of why I'm surprised by it because I don't. I think he respects the series enough to not just go full Tarantino on it. So he's gonna kind of do some Tarantino things with, um, you know, with the the IP, and I'm curious to see what those things are. Um, and you know, for example, I don't know if you ever have you ever watched Alias? It's with Jennifer Garner. Um, no. Okay. Well, it's good, and I enjoyed it uh, up until a certain point. It kind of it kind of felt a little weird, but it was really nice. Um, you know, es- I love like espionage stuff. That's kind of my jam. And there's an episode that Tarantino directs, and you can tell like the vision and the storytelling is just different. Like like he like he come like the villain in that episode is Tarantino, and. He comes up with like this very Tarantino-like story in the middle of you know this kind of very buttoned-up espionage kind of arc, and it's just kind of like like a breath of fresh air. It's like oh wow yeah it's neat. Um, you know you just have this dude that has this charisma that you just don't expect, and that's kind of what I'm expecting the movie to be. It's it's gonna definitely feel like a start. My prediction is it's gonna <laughs> feel like a Star Trek movie, but. There's going to be some stories there. Like there's going to be some, and not the main story, but just like some window dressing around the main story. 
that's going to feel different than Star Trek, but it's going to provide a ton of characterization. It's going to feel authentic, and it's going to feel like this just cultural, like this kind of cultural bit of the universe that he got to play with and introduce people to. I I do not doubt that. Um, again, I, I I feel he's capable. I don't know what what Quentin Tarantino has to say that matches Star Trek. I've heard his pitch. His pitch is for an episode that we can watch tomorrow if you want. It's it's season three. We'll drop ahead a couple of. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> um, one, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I'm fine, kind of watching it like in order. Um, okay. I mean, okay. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna build that. I mean, that movie isn't gonna be done until like 2019 or something. I think. I just, uh, you know, it's, it's something to talk about. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting episode. I don't think it holds up. I think it's good. I think it's good nerds. You still fight me on this because I'm right. <laughs> like, it's it's a good episode. Yeah. It just doesn't hold up independent of um, the rest of the series. Yeah. And I have to, to be in it already. Um, I think you're going to, I think you are going to enjoy it personally. Um, All right, cool. I'm excited. So, yeah. Uh, and, and, and just hearing him speak about it, like, there's lots of detail that he kind of misses. The thing about being a functional adult is that you aren't worried about, like, every beat of the Star Trek episode from 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Maybe like oh, I kind of got a, got the highlights of it. It was fun. Um, oh my god, you assholes better land this plane before that fleet engages us. Land, <laughs> land the troops. Land the troops. Land them. God damn it! Come on, fleet. Ah. Uh, I thought I could do it. I thought I could do it, Derek. Yeah, well, you know, it happens to the best of us. I was trying to split all of these armies in 100 armies under this uh, 238k fleet versus my 42k fleet. Well, I'm boned. Oh no, join the club, man. I got the unbidden just wreaking havoc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, unfortunately, you know, I rolled the dice and it didn't roll. Oh no, look! It's, it's eating up some of the Zadrian Zealots. Excellent. Finish them off. <laughs> Finish them off unbidden. Oh, man. You're going to be free once they're dead. Yes, I will be free. <laughs> All according to plan. <laughs> the translator's note, plan means chaos. <laughs> plan means chaos. Yeah, no, that's true. So, yeah. Um, Tarantino, again, I think he's going to be a good movie. I don't think it's going to be a Star Trek movie I really like. I am intrigued. I am curious. Certainly, he can't do anything worse than 2009 Star Trek. So, I mean, I, I don't know which one that is, but I probably agree with you. It's the first one with Chris Pine. Oh, oh, yeah, um, yeah. That was definitely like. I mean, it was like, yeah. I don't know. Like when I first watched it, I just looked at it as a movie. Like I just didn't look at it in Star Trek. It was just like science fiction and it was a fine like science fiction action movie um yeah. but then like having just watched five 
you know, where it's like, like that that action comedy, kind of like Jack the Jackie Chan of like Star Trek Innocence. Um, <laughs> I that. You know, uh, I can I can see how like that whole Chris Pine movie like misses the point. Like, there's not even an attempt at a message there. Right. It just, things happen, and it's Kirk. It's Spock. Like these guys, yeah. Are good yeah here you go. Yeah, it's just like look at these guys that you love. They're doing stuff. Look at that. Doing stuff. It's great. Great stuff. Great things happen. Um, and so much of the original series is based on. I know I've said this a million times, but so much of it is based on having spent time with those characters. You can't fake that. Um, I mean, I mean, not not for more than those three movies, and then the sequel that they're probably making. But I mean, you can't do it more than that. That's the limit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and that's it's. Uh, they are killing these guys, aren't they? Oh, oh yeah, wow. they're they're just yeah, moving through them. Shit down here, aren't they? I'm gonna go see if I can stop a little bit of them. Anyway, you know we're at uh, 45 minutes. I don't know if you want to cap it here and do the sup- do some more supplemental tomorrow or. I mean, this, this is the supplemental as far as I'm concerned. All right, well, that's good. I'm fine. I mean, so that's my final thoughts, essentially, is that, um, you know, I'm hoping to, to kind of see some more characterization of, like, characters that I like. Um, I, you know, I'd like, I'd like Riker to be redeemed at some point. Like, that would be nice, like, him to stop doing, like, I'm sexy Riker things and do, like, like actual good commander things. <laughs> no, I get, I get you. That's, it's a legitimate desire. Um, um, yeah, I, I think we're good. You know, just, just kind of rambling about stuff. Yeah. As we are. I would say that, um, yeah, I'm good with ending the, the season two supplemental here. The season three supplemental, here's what I want to do. I want to finish watching the last episode of season three, end of the, end of the episode, immediately roll into the season three supplemental. Oh, Okay. Interesting. Um, for reasons that will become evident to you. Like, <laughs> All right. But, but also because at that point you will have three seasons of each series. Yeah, no, that's true. And we'll be able to, to compare and contrast. So um, that's our plan for the future. I don't think we're doing anything crazy for this season. We're just going to watch stuff through. Um, and I don't got any like crazy twist planned or no, I don't have a marathon planned. Are you open to doing another marathon? I mean, is, is a marathon like, I mean, we did a marathon for a reason, as I understand it, you know, it was because, um, you know, it was just powering through just the crap that was there. Um, is there a similar kind of bit that we'll have to power through or not really? Oh, hell no. (laughs) Hell no. Um, I don't. I don't want to like give anything away or prejudice you, as I try not to do. It's called growing the beard. Okay. And... I'm familiar with a beard thing. I know that beard is a thing in Star Trek, uh, just through like consuming memes on the internet. Um, but I don't. I thought the beard was just him growing. Like he already grew the beard. I thought that. I thought right. that's... And that's that's worth un- un- unpacking. Uh... <laughs> So people say something has grown a beard whenever it finally kind of reaches its mature point. Uh-huh. It kind of quits 
fumbling around. It's like, oh, what am I? What are we doing? What's yeah? What's, what's our plan here? Sprite knows what it is. Yeah, like Rick and Morty. Grew, they grew the beer the first episode. Like, <laughs> just yeah, exactly. straight like, up. That's <laughs> immediately. Um. So people use the phrase "growing a beard" because that's when Riker grew the beard for season two. Uh huh. But weirdly, uh, and the series becomes much better season two. Season three is when the series grows the beard. Okay. Um, we are going to watch the first episode of season three, which, yeah, I'd like to watch tomorrow if you want to. Maybe not. No, we can. It's fine. That sounds good. And I'm, I don't think I'm overselling it when I say, oh, holy shit, this is a completely different show. Okay, interesting. And it's pretty good. Yeah, you, you, um, yeah. You had my interest, now you have my attention. <laughs> no, um, that's uh, that's the thing. So tomorrow, I think we are going to see Star Trek: The Next Generation, Episode One. So until then, remember. remember in. In. Hey, I'll make this short because. Everyone hates credits. Star Trek is owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. We watch Star Trek on Netflix, we hold our conversations on Google Hangouts, and we record with Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. All files are hosted on vanvelding.com, hosted by DreamPress, powered by WordPress. If you have any questions or comments about the Beige and the Bold, please feel free to leave a comment at vanvelding.com or tweet at vanvelding. Thank you, and remember, Rand.